sermon series, John started looking at um, the identity of God, God's ID. And the reason that we're doing that is because uh, right now, I don't know how, how you're feeling as you tune in tonight, but um, a lot of people uh, can feel kind of, kind of bruised, kind of uh, tender uh, at all the change, at all the upheaval there's been in the last nine months. As you look around the world and uh, you see on the news, it it's can be quite a divided kind of place at the moment. And we know that as Christians, the best way for us, the best kind of um, antidote to our human brokenness, our human state, is to, is to engage with the perfection and the reality of uh, the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we thought, what better thing to be doing in this time where people are feeling kind of wobbly, kind of disconnected, to actually connect to that reality of the living God. So um, I want to just say at the outset, if you are watching uh, tonight, and you are, uh, maybe you're not a Christian, or maybe you are just on the kind of edges of faith of some kind, or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you just have lots and lots of questions. Uh, The very best thing you can be doing at this time is to be engaging with the person of Jesus Christ. Like, um, don't try and get behind Jesus to, to find out what God is like as it were, like as, in, as in Jesus is just like a, a little bit and you really you need to get behind Jesus to get to the real thing. Jesus Christ is all that we need to know about uh, God. He is the full revelation of God to us. So what better thing to be doing for the next eight weeks or so than, than digging into the person of God, God's ID. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look tonight at uh, John chapter 6. So if you have uh, your Bible with you, hopefully you can grab it. And I'd even invite you to pause me for a moment. You might not want to restart me in fairness, but pause me for a moment and then run to the kitchen and get yourself a piece of bread. If you have a little crust of bread or if you don't have a piece of bread, then a biscuit will do. But ideally, just grab yourself a piece of bread because we're going to use that together in our worship uh, in a moment. So, so John chapter 6 Lots of uh, amazing stuff happens in John chapter 6. So Jesus feeds uh, 5,000 plus people. He has a massive, massive crowd and he feeds them just using five loaves and two fish. And then after that amazing, miraculous thing, he walks across the water to catch up with his disciples who've gone off in the boat. And then the next day, some of the people that he fed, some of the crowds that he fed, um, come to him, and basically they're asking him, they're trying to see what else he might do for them. They're like trying to see if he'll do any more tricks, any more signs. And he says something to them that they're not expecting. And so we're going to hear uh, Sue Haddon read to us from John chapter 6. So let's uh, watch and enjoy Sue's reading of this for us. Hello. The reading today is taken from John chapter 6. I'm reading from the NIV Bible. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. 
and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews there began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God and to Sue. Uh, so last week, John uh, spoke about how Jesus is known as the Lamb of God. He, he, he reveals God's ID, God's identity, as the kind of God who goes low, who is a self-sacrificing God. And then here, Jesus uses another kind of common feature of their everyday lives to try to communicate to them who he is, what his identity is, and he uses bread. So maybe you've got some bread at home. I don't know if, if uh, your bread looks like this bread. It's a kind of flat bread, which was a, as authentic as I thought I could find. But Jesus is trying to get through to them, and he's trying to say, this is what, this is what I am. I am the bread of this life. So, so why bread? There's going to be th three things that I want to suggest uh, uh, Jesus is doing with that kind of metaphor of bread. So the first one is that Jesus is saying he is the one who can satisfy our constant hunger. And in a time like this, in a world that is kind of aching for meaning and truth and is searching so much, Jesus says he is the one that can satisfy the hunger. So have a look in verse 35. He says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. So hunger and thirst. It's usually about six o'clock in our house when things start to get a little bit tense. And, um, and one of us is probably cooking tea, and we're all a bit tired, and um, it's hours since lunchtime, and we can get a little bit hangry. And I'm sure you're familiar with uh, being hangry. And hanger, if you're so hungry that you're angry, hanger is, um, is all right if you can self-diagnose your hanger. If you notice that you're flagging a bit and you're not being very nice to be with, then actually you think, oh, I might need to get, get a little cheeky piece of toast or a little bowl of cereal to put me on until dinner. And then there's hanger avoided. But if you aren't able to self-diagnose your hanger, 
and someone else offers the diagnosis that you are hangry, it doesn't go very well. And I'm sure you've had that experience. That is what we call the wrath of undiagnosed hunger or diagnosis self-refusal. Um, and so it's, it gets ugly in our house. So my question to you is, do you sometimes get spiritually hangry? Do you find yourself, as it were, stomping around this life, trying to find something that satisfies your soul? And then crucially, can you self-diagnose your spiritual hangriness? And um, do you know when you're flagging a bit? Do you know who to go to? Well, Jesus is saying, I'm the only one who can satisfy your hunger, truly. And there are two verbs, there are two active verbs. He actually says, come to me and believe in me. So have a look. He says, come to me and you'll find you don't go hungry anymore. Believe in me and you won't live out your days feeling thirsty. But you have to come to him and you have to believe in him. It's not enough to just kind of have heard of him or have some vague sort of occasional connection with him. Don't be surprised then if you feel hungry and thirsty. Jesus is saying those who come to me and those who believe in me, it's about relationship, it's about kind of loyalty and presence with him, you'll find that you don't hunger and thirst, that I can satisfy your soul. So I don't know what kind of state you're in today as you're watching this. I wonder if you've got a kind of hunger or a thirst. And it might be something spiritual, but it might actually be something quite material. You might be thinking, I actually am worried about how I'm going to put food on the table. Well, I just want to encourage you to come to Jesus and believe in Jesus. Turn your heart, turn your whole life to him, and you will find that he provides for you. You will find that he satisfies. There's an opportunity for prayer after this gathering. I really encourage you to get some people to help you do that. Um, there's, a, there's a psalm, Psalm 37. It's one of my favorite bits. And the psalmist says, um, I, I was young and now I'm old and I have never seen the righteous abandoned or their children begging for bread. So when you are close to Jesus, when you are his, he meets your needs. He will provide what, what you need. So just encouragement. That's the first thing. He is the bread of life and he is the one who satisfies. Okay, second thing is that Jesus is the bread of life because he is the basis of everything. He is, he is the base of everything. Jesus uh, is bread because uh, like bread is like a staple food all over the world. It has always been and it probably will always be. And so Jesus, he, he like underlies everything. So think of a, a pizza or um, a Mediterranean um, lamb kofta kebab or a sandwich or whatever. Jesus is like all, all the things of our life, like what we wear, what we do, uh, um, the phone we have, the, the people we're with, all of that stuff is good stuff. And that's kind of like the topping, if you like. But Jesus is the, the thing itself. He's the actual underlying of all existence. Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. It says in Colossians 1 that all of creation was made through the Son and for the Son. So he is literally the center, the base, the basis of, of all of our existence. Um, there was a guy called Irenaeus, 
and uh, he's one of my favorites. So he is like two steps away from Christ. So John, the disciple John, who wrote this gospel that we're looking at tonight, John discipled a guy called Polycarp, which is a bit of an unusual name these days. But imagine him in a little formation group with, with Polycarp. He's there teaching him all that Jesus ever taught him, pouring into this guy, passing on this faith and the teachings of this Jesus. And then Polycarp disciples this guy called Irenaeus and does the same, pours into him. So this guy, Irenaeus, he wrote loads of amazing theology. And he said that we can think of the Son and the Spirit as being like the right hand and the left hand of the Father. So the Father is in heaven and everything that he wants to do through creation and in creation, he does through the Son and the Spirit. And so Jesus literally is the means through which we were created. So, so the Father created through his right hand, as it were, and he saved through his mighty right hand. So, so Jesus is the one. Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of life because I am the source of your existence and I underlie all of your existence. All the time that Jesus is at work here, he's doing the Father's will. And so uh, let's have a look at verse 39 together. It says, this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but will raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. So Jesus is bread for everyone. He's come down to do the Father's will, and that is everyone who looks to the Son might have eternal life, to reconnect with the true source of life, to plug into the correct power source, if you like. So that's, Jesus is bread because he satisfies, and Jesus is bread because he is the basis, the base of all of our existence. And then thirdly, Jesus is to be found every day. He is our daily bread, but he is also eternal. So um, the crowds that came to Jesus, um, have a look at verse 31, if you have your Bible with you. Uh, They came to Jesus and essentially they said, give us some more of your miracles. Give us some more of this good stuff. And they remind Jesus that their ancestors, the ancient Israelites, when they were wandering around in the desert getting hangry, they cried out to God and God gave them bread from heaven manna fell out of the sky, these kind of like tiny little wafers of bread. And they would gather them up each day and squish them with water and then bake them, basically make bread out of them. And and they're basically saying, come on then, this Jesus, you, you with your tricks, you give us some more of this manna from heaven. And when Jesus won't do what they ask and they start getting a bit shirty with him, he basically says, you don't get it, do you? You don't actually see what's going on here. So verse 47, he says, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. It's not just for the Israelites. Anyone may eat this living bread from heaven. Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. 
Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So Jesus is pushing back and he's saying to these people that their uh, focus is still tied to the everyday, is to feeding their stomachs and running their business and the everyday stuff of life. But Jesus is saying, don't you get it? This isn't just about feeding yourself for this life and then dying like your forefathers did. Jesus is saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats from me will live forever. And he's saying, get in the habit of eating with me, from me now, and that will be your reality for all eternity. It's like he's welcoming you around the table. He's saying, come and sit at the table with me and my Abba Father, and that will be your reality forever. He says, death is no longer the end, and that we have nothing to fear from death anymore because we are already used to eating at the Father's table. And I think our society is set up just to make us feed ourselves momentarily, if that makes sense. It's like we we tap a button and we get an instant but momentary satisfaction. And it's a bit like Tic Tacs. So these are my Tic Tacs. If you don't know Tic Tacs, they're these tiny little sugar bombs, and they're very sweet. They're momentary. They, They are sweet on the tongue. But if I were to try and sustain myself or feed myself on this, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I never felt satisfied. Jesus is saying, don't go for the momentary quick fix. He goes, I am the bread of life. Feed on me and you will be satisfied. So we have an opportunity now in in our worship to come to him and to receive him, to know him as the one who satisfies, to know him as the one who underlies everything. He is the basis of everything. And to know that actually as we do that, we don't just do that for today. We don't just do it for this month or this year. That, that will be then setting a pattern for all eternity. So I'm going to ask you, uh, if you have some bread with you, to, to, to grab your piece of bread. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, sort of pray together and we're going to then eat our bread um, as part of our kind of worship, as part of our receiving of him. And actually, normally if we were all together, we would celebrate communion now. And if we were all here, we would break bread and we would remember Jesus in the way that he told us to. So what I'll probably do is I'm going to use this bread and I hope at home you can use your bread And we're going to remember Jesus in the way that he told us to. So so let's pray together. The band are just going to begin to play a little bit. And then they're going to lead us off into worship again afterwards. But let's just have a moment where uh, where we receive him again as the bread of life. So Lord Jesus, thank you that you are... You are the bread of life. That you are the one who satisfies. That you are the source and the foundation of our existence in the first place. And that you promise, Lord, that you feed us now, but you will be able to feed us this for all eternity. So we just remember, Lord, the night... um, 
before you were executed, the night that you were betrayed, you took bread and you gave the Father thanks for it and then you broke it. And you said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord Jesus, we do, uh, as, we, as we eat our bread now, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, uh, it would be us receiving you afresh. We want to say yes to you, and we want to say yes to all that you are and to all that you have. And we bring to you our needs as well, Lord whether they are spiritual needs or material needs, physical needs. Thank you that you are the one that satisfies. You are the one that provides. And so, Lord, as we eat this bread and we finish off our slices of bread or our chunks of bread and the band sing, we pray that you would receive our worship and that we in turn would receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen.